Hello, hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Therapy Reveal. In today's episode, we have here with us again, Catherine Ho, who is a LA-based singer-songwriter. And this is actually her second time showing up on to the show. Welcome back. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I am really excited to be back again for a second conversation. Yes, of course. It's so good to have you back again to give us a little bit more insight about and how mental health has had an impact on your life. So that's going to be more of our focus for today's episode um, from your perspective as a singer-songwriter. So I'm just going to ask you a few questions about that. Mental health is a critical aspect of overall well-being. Um, How do you incorporate discussions about mental health into your work as a musician? and an advocate for social justice. Yeah, thank you. That's a really thoughtful question. Um, I would, I I often feel like songwriting and music is kind of like a built-in mental health discussion because I think like through my songwriting, I'm able to like touch into feelings that, um, you know, I might be too scared to like just bring up in a conversation with with, um, in my day-to-day life. And so I think by that proxy, like a lot of songwriters and myself included, um, just explore a lot of vulnerable topics through that. Um, I guess more specifically, um, I have gotten the opportunity to like more specifically write about um, specifically mental health within Asian American communities in terms of um, like how that can um, surface as like a child of immigrants and what kind of pressures you face um, in that sense, there was a project that I was a part of last year that um, called the Shoes Off Project, and um, we were allowed as AAPI songwriters and artists to um, write a song about any aspect of the immigrant experience we wanted to comment on. And so I personally wrote about, um, you know, the pressure of um, being a child of immigrants, but also like the incredible gratitude that you feel Um, as a child of immigrants and that kind of dichotomy. So definitely like very grateful to have um, been given opportunities as a musician to talk about my mental health journey, as well as um, just like in general topics that might be like taboo in real life. I feel like I can express myself through music. And um, I've also just gotten to be musically involved with various organizations that Um, advocate for mental health in the AAPI community. So in that sense, also, I've loved being involved as a musician and getting invited into those spaces because of my music background. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I really like that. I think that's interesting. Um, So my second question for you would be, in your experience, what role does music play in addressing mental health issues and promoting emotional well-being, both in your own life and in your engagement with the AAPI community. Yeah, thank you. So as I was kind of saying in my last question, I think it applies to this question as well, but I do feel like music is like this doorway to vulnerability and it's a way to say things that might be hard to talk about in everyday conversation and mental health unfortunately is often one of those things that's quite stigmatized and so 
um, I think like music lends itself really well to be able to talk about these issues um, in a way that like feels safer, I suppose. Um, I also think music is an amazing way to bring people together, whether that is just through like a common bond through a song that you love or like physically gathering to listen to live music. I think um, it's a form of entertainment and in that sense, a great vehicle to bring people together and talk about tough issues in a way that people can easily resonate with. Mm -hmm. Could you give us like an example or a personal experience that you've had where music has allowed you to express those experiences that you've had with mental health issues? For sure. Um, so I guess like in a more official perspective, um, I've been very honored to um, like collaborate musically with various initiatives that um, uh, like uplift AAPI mental health as a topic. And um, like one specific example was uh, last year, unfortunately, uh, there was the very tragic shooting in Monterey Park around Lunar New Year, and um, there was an organization that was raising money for mental health organizations within the San Gabriel Valley, and the way that they chose to do that was through a concert called Mind and Melody, um, and it was kind of in honor of the tragic shooting. So it was really special to be a part of that, to collaborate with other musicians, um, and share that evening and that space to raise money for a cause that was really dear to all of our hearts. Um, so yeah, like on a more official perspective, just like collaborating with various organizations. But yeah, like even on like a more personal perspective, I feel like um, like concerts are just so therapeutic. Like I, I feel like whenever I go to a concert, I can just kind of escape from like the things that I am like worrying about in the moment or just like feel a sense of community with like other people in the room that like we're screaming the lyrics because we're all going through something. And so I think just from like a personal like concert going experience, like that has also been um, really therapeutic and has shown me like the therapy that music can provide. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, could you also tell us about any specific projects or initiatives that combine your passion for music and um, your with your ed dedication to improving community health, especially in the context of mental health awareness? Yeah, certainly. Um, so definitely one thing that I've been really proud of was, as I was mentioning, that um, the Mind and Melody concert um, in to raise money in the wake of the tragic Monterey Park shooting. So that was a really special event to be a part of. Um, I've also collaborated with an organization called Asian Gold Ribbon. They're based in Canada, um, raising mental health awareness in Asian American communities. Um, that one was really special for me because I not only um, like have sung for them before for like virtual events, but um, last year I also got invited as a speaker. And that was really special because I got to share my own personal journey with mental health. Um, I do have a mental health diagnosis and I, I've, sought professional help and it's really benefited my life in a lot of ways and to be able to have that platform not only as a musician but also to share my personal journey um, with mental health was something I was really scared to do but I was really grateful for the opportunity and um, yeah that organization has been really awesome as well uh, so definitely like always finding ways to like combine those two parts of my life. Oh my gosh wait that's actually interesting because can you build on that for us? Like, um, could you tell us about your personal journey with mental health? What was that like for you? I, I guess like, yeah, I guess if I were to summarize. Um, so when I was in high school, I 
Um, I'm, I'm diagnosed with OCD and I've been seeing a therapist for many years for it, but, um, I know there's like a big stigma in Asian American families, um, or like immigrant families in general to like, not really talk about mental health or, um, you you're considered weak or like, you shouldn't really need like professional help. Like that's yeah. for white people. It's not for people like us, you know? Oh, um, but yeah. I was really grateful that my family was really supportive of my mental health journey. And it was actually like, because of my brother and my parents that I like was able to go to therapy. They like noticed that I was having like very unhealthy thought patterns and behaviors. And um, at the time, like I was very adamant, like, no, I don't, I don't need help. Like, this is just something I can think through on my own. But like, it was very clearly like, like wreaking havoc in my personal life and at school, like my, my grades were suffering because of it. Um, and so, yeah, my parents were really um, like very, like dedicated to helping me and they did a lot of research to like figure out what my symptoms could be and then um they landed on like hey maybe this is OCD like I didn't know what that even really meant at the time I feel like OCD is one of those things that is thrown around a lot in conversation like mm. oh like I'm so OCD and like it's kind of like oh it just means like you're really clean or a perfectionist but like for me that's like not how it manifested and there's a lot of different types of OCD I think that aren't really like well um, known or like well talked about and so I guess my form of OCD was a little bit more on like the lesser known side and so I myself didn't even really know that I had it but then I remember when I had my first therapy session like I was just like spilling everything that was going on and my therapist was like so supportive and she like specializes in OCD and she was really able to like pinpoint like yes this is what you're going through and I think that was really comforting and just for the past few years I've I've worked with her and she's changed my life in like such a positive way um yeah I I still struggle with it now but I definitely think I'm like so much better equipped now um because like a I like kind of knew what I had like I was able to put a name to it and be like mm -hmm. just having the support of my family and also um you know my my healthcare team as well has been really great and so I think that's another reason that I'm always very passionate to like encourage people to talk about it and encourage people to like seek help if that is something that they um, genuinely feel committed to and and um, have the means to do so yeah that's like a little personal reason as well why it's so important to me oh that's good I love that thank you so much for sharing that yeah, of course um, yes uh so as mentioned earlier like mental health we see it has been a pressing issue, especially within the past, not even a few years, but like the past decade or so. Um, how do you see the role of, you know, the entertainment industry, the singer songwriting industry in raising awareness about mental health and reducing stigma? Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that it's, you know, it's been an issue for so long and especially in the recent years with COVID. Um, yeah, I think like attention and influence is super valuable. And I think entertainers are like a natural role model for that. They have people's attention and their trust and therefore a powerful platform to shape people's perceptions. Um, and that can include destigmatizing mental health. And it's been really cool seeing more and more like celebrities, influencers use, using their platform to destigmatize mental health. So I think that's been like a really positive thing that I've personally noticed in the past few years. 
Um, I think also just portraying more mental health narratives in media will send the message that it's okay, like we all struggle and it's it's okay to talk about these things. Um, and in general, I think entertainment just like helps people feel less alone and can increase awareness of resources. So I think definitely like uh, media and entertainment have a really huge role to play in um, destigmatizing mental health. I love that. Thank you. And um, what advice would you give aspiring musicians who want to use their platform to advocate for mental health awareness as you have done effectively? Oh, thank you so much. It's definitely something I am still navigating. Um, I feel like sometimes I, um, I feel like the music stuff I do can feel kind of separate from like the community health, um, like on a day to day, you know, like you, for music, I might be like going into the studio, um, or like editing a TikTok, but like mm -hmm. for my like community health, I might be like doing a deep dive into like literature reviews. And so I think sometimes it can feel really separate, but um, I think at the root of both um, my love for music um, and then also like community health and social justice is like, I know it sounds cheesy, but I think both of them are really rooted in um, finding community and loving humanity. And so I think there really is such a common thread in the roles of like both musicians and like public health and social justice activists. So I think it's just important to like, when you feel like things are um, like not like, connecting in the way that you feel like it should. I feel like just remembering like the common thread of like why you love both is important. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And um, again, deviating away from the list of questions. No um, I would also like to go back to your personal journey with uh, your personal journey with OCD. Um, yeah. After seeing your therapist for quite some time, how do you see your life at being positively impacted like where what aspects of your life do you see that being positively impacted uh, by oh, going to see your you. therapist for sure I mean honestly it was such a fundamental like shift in how I see everything that like I think I just think my life is so much better now that it's just hard to pinpoint exactly but I guess for example um I for my specific type of OCD like I was spending a lot of time every day doing like what we call rituals. So I would be like doing a lot of like whether that is like rehearsing something over and over again or like doing like exercises compulsively um, because that like the kind of like the definition of uh, obsessive compulsive disorder is that you have a lot of anxiety in your mind and you do these like compulsions or rituals to like help you feel better and like help you feel less anxious but it's really just like a fake connection that your brain made up like I think you know one example was I thought that like doing a bunch of push-ups was going to like you know help my friend's like grandfather heal from cancer like I know it sounds ridiculous but like in my mind that's like what I thought and like I would spend hours every day just like doing these like rituals like trying to make myself feel less anxious about like all the problems in the world and I think through therapy like it really made me realize that like my like other people's happiness does not come at the expense of like my own suffering and so I think I started to realize like these rituals were not like something healthy um, and just like through that I just be was able to like prioritize my own needs more and then also just like approach problem solving from like a much more healthy perspective. Um, it also just like saves me a lot of time. Cause again, like I was just spending hours every day, like 
feeling really anxious and and sad and doing this in my my bathroom kind of thing. So I definitely feel like my life has improved so much more. And um, yeah, I think also I feel like therapy is not just something for um, like fixing problems. I think it should also just be something to improve your life. Like now I don't necessarily struggle with OCD per se, but I still go to therapy regularly because I always gain something valuable from it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think there's this conception, like you have to be like in the depths of your struggle to like even want to reach out to help. But I think like, even just if you are doing well, like you can always be doing better and therapy is like always a good thing to try. I always recommend it to everyone, but it's definitely like drastically improved my life. Yeah. And that actually brings me to my next question. What advice would you give to those who may be struggling or hesitating? Like, yeah, what advice do you give to those kinds of people who don't want to go to therapy or don't mm -hmm. think that therapy is for them? Yeah, that is definitely a tough question. And it's something that I've like navigated in my personal life too. And I've also, you know, I do feel like for therapy and like why it was really effective for me is because I um, was really open to it. And like my family was really open to it. And I, I feel very lucky that I had that kind of mindset and support system. Um, I definitely feel like therapy um, might not be as effective if like you yourself are not like open to it and like willing to see things um, differently. Mm -hmm. So I think like A is like, yes, like make sure this is something that you're open to doing. Um, but yeah, I guess there's also a lot of other ways that like therapy is only one method of like um, dealing with mental health and it's not like some silver bullet thing you might need to try many different things um, some some people I know do more like community based things where like you can go to like groups that um, like I, I don't know what they're called but um, like kind of support groups if you oh, will yeah, yeah. just like talking to other people about it if the one-on-one -on -one traditional therapy thing isn't really like floating your boat um, but yeah I think just like the first step is always just like um, reaching out for help, like whether that is therapy or um, confiding in like people close to you, they might be able to um, like guide you to other resources that might be like more suited to like your needs and what you think would be helpful. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't really have like super solid advice. Therapy is what worked for me, but I also understand like it might not be like the path for everyone as well. Right. Absolutely. For sure. Because every individual is different and their experiences that they grow up are different. So I get that too. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. So going back to the list of questions, um, adding to like your experience, in your opinion, what do you think are also um, the most additional, most oppressing mental health challenges within the AAPI community? And I think we might have already touched on this in our previous episode, but what steps do you think can individuals and communities take to address those mental health challenges that you see within the community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the biggest barriers um, are like stigma and then also like just logistically affordability too. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've read statistics that like Asian Americans are significantly less likely than other racial groups to seek help for mental health. And I really don't think that's because we experience less issues than other racial groups. I think it's more of this cultural barrier that oh, like you're considered weak or like it's like shameful to seek help um, for mental health. Um, and so I definitely think like taking steps to overcome those barriers 
are really important. And yeah, like unfortunately, affordability and, um, you know, therapy is a cost and um, it's not like necessarily readily available to everyone, depending on like what kind of insurance you have. And that is more unfortunately, like a broader problem of like, you know, American healthcare. Um, and so I do, I do feel like there are, I've seen a lot of like community groups um, offer like low cost and free therapy. So I think like researching to see like what those options look like for you um, there, cause there are groups that um, are working on um, like de uh, deconstructing those barriers from an affordability perspective. Um, and yeah, I, I would say like in general, the steps that like individuals and communities can take, um, I feel like uh, there's this kind of misconception like, oh, you have to like have a huge platform in order to make a difference. Like, oh, like my voice doesn't matter. Um, but I think like it really just starts like in your cir social circles and in your communities, like um, a lot of people would like trust a friend or like a loved one and their advice more than like some influencer that they saw on TV or, or Instagram or things like that. And so I think even just like having conversations with your loved ones who like may be struggling um, is like a really crucial step in like, um, like taking down the barriers and, and spreading this message. Cause you know, if we all do a little bit, like we see change on the community level. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing Catherine. And I think that pretty much sums up everything that I wanted to ask you in regards to the mental health field. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about your personal experience with mental health or your journey that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I think like I definitely rambled a lot. I'm sorry. No, so you no, can no, no. It's, it's absolutely <laughs> fine. Like we love to hear stories. Uh -huh. so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just like um I know like said this before, but like seeking professional help like really helped me in my life. And so if you're like at all on the fence about it, there's like so many different options you can do now, especially post COVID. Um, there's like online therapy. Um, there's also like more traditional in person. There's like just so many different like flavors of it. So I'm sure like everyone can find something that's like best suited to them. So we'll just encourage everyone to um, like, please do not struggle alone and to like reach out to friends and family and professional resources um, uh, to deal with them because, you know, physical health and mental health are both equally important. And like, we spend so much of our life, like, it's like so acceptable to like, oh, like I'm going to go to the gym to like improve my physical health. But for some reason, it's more stigmatized when it comes to like our mental well-being. But it's truly like equally so important. So uh, I guess that's like my closing message. Just like do do what you can in, in your circles and just don't be afraid to seek help. Yes, of course. Thank you so much, Catherine. And well, that's it for today's therapy reveal. I hope everyone who tuned into this episode really enjoyed all the insights that Catherine had to share in regards to her personal experience with um, mental health. And um, yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to potentially having her again <laughs> sometime in the future. But thank you so much, Catherine, for coming on to the show for a second time to record a more specific episode for our viewers and just really being open to sharing your personal journey with mental health. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was awesome. Thank you. All right, see you guys next time. Bye. 他的美丽是